0: My girl works hard. I mean, if you knew who she was married to, you would be praying for her every oh day. Gosh, that guy is unbelievable. Good now. night. Yo. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Fair, fair, fair to Midland, they say. You know. That, thank you, thank you. It's always good to be late. Yeah. Um, Pastor Chuck loves
1: Christmas hugs. So right after the service, he'll, we'll line up in the <laughs> lobby.
0: Boy, it's been fun working with you all these years. That's been awesome, bro. Yeah, you know what? A a hug or two here there works. You know, it's just like when when a dude wants to go for a full frontal hug. I'm like, uh, uh, no, no. Like fist bump, something. I I don't know. What if they
1: hold it just a second too long?
0: No, that's wrong. That's that has nothing to do with our sermon today. Let's get going. So, um, why did you do that to me? I don't know. You kind of threw. Have y'all noticed how hip Bobby's been dressing lately? I mean. You're never going to see a better display of the difference between the two of us than right now. Like, I got the old man black jacket on. He's got the hipster black jacket on, right? I mean, look at you. I just wear what Laura says.
1: She says, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She wanted... I did push back, though, guys. There are so many things I want to say right now. Guys, I I did hold on to the man card today because she suggested I wear my white shoes today. I said, nope, I draw the line there today, so... No, no Amen.
0: white shoes. Lord be with my dear friend. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, it is Christmas time, and uh, it, it is—it's crazy out there, isn't it? I made the fatal mistake of making a trip to Costco yesterday. Oh, Lord. Do you know that's where you go when you die without Jesus? <laughs> you have to spend an entire Saturday at Costco. I mean, oh my stars, I could feel the flames underneath my feet. I mean, it was awful. Yeah, I did know there was one lady there, and she, y'all ever see, like, the person who feels like it's a necessity to dress up like crazy Christmas lady? You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? I mean, it's kind of a cross between bag lady and I'm really wealthy, but I'm going to go for somewhere in the middle and wear it all? Yeah. So this lady was in line in front of me. And I thought it was really cool because I couldn't tell whether she was mean or what the deal was, right? So I was trying to, like, eavesdrop in the convo between the plastic between her and the Costco lady. And I watched her give the Costco cashier a $50 tip. I thought, I was right behind you. She didn't give? Nothing came my way, bro. I, mean, but, I think but it's because she
1: heard about y'all's family little survey whenever you see antlers, tell, tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so our family does this every Christmas, right? So when you spot people like us that have antlers and a Rudolph ear on your car, that's worth one point. A tree on top of the car is worth two points. A wreath on the front is worth two points. But if it has lights, it's worth five. If you see those massive ornaments, those are worth ten and if you find a house that's completely over the top, which Jenny is the judge of, that's good for five. But if you get a picture with Santa, you can knock it out of the park with 20. Wow. So who's winning right now? Well, right now, my son-in-law, Mark, is winning because he's kind of like a fourth grader anyway. And so he's killing it. Yeah. Jenny's in last place. She's had a knee replacement. She hasn't been out much. Mm. And none of, none of us will share our points with her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a solid fourth place out of 712 people in our family. So yeah. So we know how
1: to pray for you now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one thing I did want us to stop and do before we took a time to preach today and share God's word is I want to stop and pray for the folks in Kentucky and the folks that were so overwhelmed last night with all the tornadoes. And um, we're not sure what our response will be yet, but know that our church will be involved in helping and we'll let you know what that looks like, we'll make some contact tomorrow with some church folks I know up that way and find out what they're doing and some not-for-profits that are up there trying to help resettle folks and get them settled in. I, I can't imagine two weeks before Christmas and uh, your home is gone and uh, your job is gone and everything in your city is gone. And, uh, let's just stop and pray for those folks. Would you join me? Father, thank you that in the midst of crisis, we can still find you that in the midst of crisis, your people are called on to give and to pray and to go and to serve. And God, I pray we'd have the heart to do them all, that we would give, that we would go, that we would serve, and we'd love folks that uh, clearly the brokenhearted as is, they're drawn near to you. Lord, um, give those folks an amazing degree of mercy and grace. And God, would you, uh, would you restore those homes and those neighborhoods, and those churches, and those businesses, and uh, bring them back better than ever before, and let the testimony be that you, Lord, while we don't understand it all, you will rebuild it all, and you, you will somehow, some way redeem all those places and all that time, and we pray that knowing you hear us, and you answer us in the matchless name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you so much. Today, Bobby and I want to uh, highlight a passage found uh, in the book of Isaiah. We've all heard it at Christmas. We don't always know where it comes from, but it's in Isaiah chapter 9, and it's just one verse in in verse 6. And this is written some 700 years or so before the birth of Jesus, but Isaiah gives us this prophecy of everything that is about to happen, and we're going to unpack that for you in just a minute.
1: Yeah, when you think about it, Christmas is fast approaching. I mean, it is. Uh, Every night when we go to bed, we sort of rehearse. What are the next couple of days? What's on the plate? It is coming quickly. And one of the things that's crazy about whether it's Costco or going to Old Navy or wherever you shop is that there's all kinds of stuff. And I've heard somebody say it this way, that Christmas is often when we buy this year's gifts with next year's money.
0: That is, I, I hear that. (laughs) all the time. And I know it to be true.
1: It doesn't sound fun, does it? No, at all. No.
0: And so in the middle of all that stress
1: and all the things that we're we feel in the middle of that, we wanna think about what is Christmas truly about? Now, you probably know this, but we don't know that Jesus was born exactly on the morning of December 25th. That's just the day that we have selected as a point of reference for that. In fact, it might not have been very cold. It might not have been winter. But what we do know is just over 2000 years ago, God left heaven, came to this earth and was born on this planet, fully God, Fully man, and said, Today, what we want to do is take this Old Testament prophecy from Isaiah 9, these words that were written hundreds of years before Jesus came on this earth, and talk about what does it mean for our church and what does it mean for our families, and a very personal level, what does it mean for you and what does it mean for me?
0: Yeah, and so one of the things we thought would be fun to do today is take a passage that uh, clearly Isaiah announces these four names. The last few weeks we've been talking about the names of God. Today, we want to talk about the names of God in regard to specific names to the second part of the Trinity, God, the Son, Jesus. And so in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the text says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace." Now, when, when we look at that, we hear those four names, and they're supposed to make sense. But what we've discovered as Bobby and I were pre- preparing for today, all of our church is built around these four names. When we say that we are a Jesus is enough kind of church, what we're really talking about is that we believe that the church that Jesus has built should be a shining Demonstration, not just representation, but demonstration of being exactly these four things: a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, a Prince of Peace. That's why we believe Jesus is enough. That's why we don't we don't claim to be Presbyterian or Methodist or Baptist. We don't claim to be holiness or Pentecostal. We don't claim to be Episcopalian. What we claim to be is a church where Jesus is enough. Because Jesus, when he returns, isn't coming as a baby, he's coming as a reigning king. And as Jesus returns, he's coming for his church, and his church is to be a living demonstration of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace.
1: All these names have significance, like different names represent something. I don't know if you've done one of those studies about what does your name mean, but in scripture, Eve's name literally means the mother of all living. Abraham's name means the father of a multitude or the father of nations. And so oftentimes somebody's name tells you something about their character, sort of like when Simon Peter first met Jesus, he was known as Simon. And then over time, Jesus changed his name because something about his character changed. And so when you look at Isaiah 9, here's what it says, his name shall be called. Right. Right. There's something about it. It's saying something about it. So if our names tell us something about our character, if our names tell us something about who we are, then today let's break these names out a little bit. And if you're a note taker and want to jot them down or follow along in the app, you're welcome to. But to ask this question, what does these names mean? Because as Chuck said, once you fully understand who Jesus is, once you fully understand all that Jesus brings and gives. It reminds us that's why we're Jesus is enough kind of church. It's not Jesus plus something. It's not Jesus plus
0: politics. It's not Jesus plus X, Y, or Z. It's just Jesus. Jesus, Right. So I did a little work to figure out what Robert meant, your name. And I I thought it was pretty interesting. You you are supposed to be bright. Hmm. (laughs) Supposed to be. No, no. I mean, you are bright. No doubt about that. I mean, you're brighter than I am, but you're also famous. Huh? I thought that was pretty cool. You're bright and you're famous. I don't know about that part. Maybe with Ollie. You're pretty famous. I've traveled with you. I mean, people know you everywhere I go. I mean, that's pretty, but I thought, and then I looked up Chuck. He said, not so bright. And Mm. I thought, that's why we make a great pair. I mean, it's a good deal. But as we lead into a new year, it is critically important that we understand, though, that these four names have everything to do with what we believe about God. It has everything to do with what we believe about Jesus as a Jesus is enough kind of church. Do all these things lead us, both collectively and individually, to a greater relationship with the Lord Jesus? Does being a wonderful counselor lead us to have a deeper, more intimate, personal relationship with Christ? Because at the end of the day, what we know is this. Every human I know on the planet, at some point, most often regularly needs somebody in their life to be a healthy, wise, godly counselor.
1: Hmm, That's so true. Listen to what it says. If you have your Bibles, check along. Isaiah 9, verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be Wonderful Counselor. Now, what's interesting about this first name, Wonderful Counselor, is sometimes people split those two. In yeah. some translations, they put a common there. And what's interesting in Hebrew is... You mean like, like wonderful as a word, yep. counselors as a... Yeah. yeah, sometimes they separate them. Yeah. Yeah. And in Hebrew, there isn't actually punctuation. So you right. have to look at context and all these things. And I really believe that these ter- two words go together. They're not separate. He's not wonderful and he's not counselor. Those, there's aspects of that that's true. It goes together, wonderful counselor. When you think about what that means, when you think about this idea of a counselor, sometimes we think about, "Was well, Jesus a therapist?" or we think, uh, "Is he like a modern-day counselor?" But as you think about Jesus and you look at his ministry, uh, what we think about is that he's the great physician, right, and he is the wonderful counselor, right. And what I love about physicians is physicians don't come in just trying to point out everything that's wrong. Physicians come in trying to say how can I help you? Right. What will bring healing? And that's the way Jesus shows up all throughout scripture. One of the things that you learn about counselors in scripture, when you read that word counselor, it talks about this idea of leading and guiding. Right. And that's certainly true of counselors today as well. But when you think about Jesus leading and guiding us, this picture is this idea of Jesus stepping into our lives, providing something that we couldn't provide for ourselves.
0: Yeah. Part of what I've learned in that is this concept of what you're saying, it is something we cannot provide for ourselves. The reason we need a counselor is that all of us find times in our life where we're completely stuck and we need somebody to help us get unstuck. But, you know, I've learned in working with Julie Homrich and Clear Path Counseling that when we birthed that this past year, I was so shocked at how many people rushed to find help through Clear Path. And it's because all of us have a season in our life where we need help. excuse me, the wonderful counselor, Jesus. The counsel he gives is the counsel directly from God. Now, this is what makes him so wonderful. Because I can give you counsel, and prayerfully that I'm prayed up, and I'm I'm giving you godly counsel, but I'm not God, he is, and so he's giving you direct counsel from the seat of God found in the presence of Jesus Jesus. Himself. That's why Sugar Hill Church moved aggressively to launch Clear Path counseling in this past year. Remember, in the times of Israel that we're talking about, David and other kings had many counselors. I mean, it was rare for a king to make a choice or a person of leadership to make a choice apart from wise counsel. And one of the things that the Proverbs reminds us over and over again is that we ought to seek wisdom every day and promises that when we ask for wisdom, God is always faithful to grant it. So one of the things that I would encourage you to take Jesus up on as the wonderful, or as the wonderful counselor is for us to recognize that in that wonderfulness of Christ, he offers you constant, heaven-sent, wisdom. You say, well, Chuck, how how do I unwrap this present of this counselor? And it's simple. You literally ask him for wisdom. You say, well, Chuck, I'm not good at prayer. I don't handle prayer well. What is it that I'm really supposed to do? Well, here's the kind of advice that I think is truly helpful, especially at this season. And I would encourage all of you to start tomorrow morning. And if you never pray, start with a 30 second prayer. And, and create a habit tracker and just know every day I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask God for wisdom. And let it be a time, like I have these little checkmark systems, Bobby, on my iPad mm-hmm. and I just check off every day yeah. all these different habits that I'm trying to instill in my life. Yep. One of them is to ask God for heaven-sent wisdom every single day. If you're looking to figure out how to ask God for heaven-sent wisdom, it works just like this. God, would you give me heaven-sent wisdom today? Mm-hmm. See how hard that is? <laughs> All right, let's try it together. Let's start with the first name. You ready? God, God will you give me heaven sent wisdom today? See, you're already a prayer warrior, right? But this is what the wonderful counselor offers us. A wonderful counselor offers heaven sent wisdom for a sin filled world. Did you get that? You and I live in a world that's filled with sinful people. By the way, We're part of it, right? I mean, we're all adding to the mess in our own way. The great thing about this wonderful counselor is that even if you split it into two names, it would still be accurate. Hmm. But it is, as Bobby said, more accurate to say it is a, he is a wonderful counselor because he offers heaven-sent wisdom Hmm. to a sin-filled world. Yeah, so when you think about this, you start applying it to your life, what does that
1: mean? It means he's the one that will counsel. He's the one that speaks into our hearts. He's right. the one that teaches us about God and about the ways of God and, and life. He's wonderful, meaning that he's not disconnected from it. That when we celebrate Jesus being born on this earth, what we're literally celebrating is God in invisible form becoming man. Right, The invisible becoming tangible, the untouchable becoming touchable. And when Jesus lived on this earth, he lived through every single thing that you and I would go through. That's why we talk about this season being with us that God is not far off, God is not distant, God is not out there. He came near, he is with us. And then when you look through the life of Christ, Jesus didn't just come to be born, but Jesus came born to die, really. And so when he went through life, he took on every kind of temptation that you and I take on. He went through every single struggle that you and I take on, that he literally understands what we're walking through. And yet he did that without sin. Right. He never committed a sin against himself, against God, against other people. And so when we read about Jesus, we're reading about a true, wonderful counselor, somebody that that points us to God, somebody that is God, somebody that guides us in the ways of God and does it in such a wonderful way that he invites people to experience him. Yeah. And that's why that's part of the reason what we do around here at Sugar Hill Church. When you start thinking about all the various ways that we serve our community and all the various ways that we serve our schools and all the ways that we invest in multiple generations, we, we're the kind of church that wants to be around to marry people and to bury people. We're the kind of church that cares about walking with you through crisis. We're the kind of people that want to hang out with people, counsel people, serve people. Why? Yeah. Because Jesus did all those things. Right. That's right. the example of Jesus, the wonderful counselor.
0: I have people somewhat regularly who wind up on my calendar, and I don't know who they are, but I'll meet with them, and they come in three different categories, basically. One group of people is, I just want to know if, if I could meet with the pastor of the church. I always find that fascinating. I mean, we're, we're probably the most approachable people you could find. I mean, then the second group of people are, I, want, I just wanted to know if I could ask you difficult questions. Hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm not promising I've got an answer, but you can ask away. Right? But then the third group of people are people who say, I, I attend another church, but my church doesn't offer counseling. Hmm. And I always find that shocking because it's, it's num- one of the priorities in our world around here. If you find yourself in need of help, we want to help you. And the, many of you in this room have sought help through Clear Path or through one of the pastors here. And, and I, I would just say to you, this is why we want to make sure that we're a church that knows who our people are, and our people know us. It's important today in a world where uh, it feels like the bigger the church, the more corporate it becomes, and the more the machine it runs. And honestly, folks, the, the job of this church is not to be a big church. It's to have a, a church that has the biggest possible heart we can. And to do that, we have to know each other. And we got to love each other. And we got to know people and love people that don't know and love us. And, and that's part of why we want to introduce people to this wonderful counselor. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, we're told that Jesus, in him, within Jesus the Christ, the son of the living God, in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, I I don't know about you, but, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could receive financial wisdom before you pay your bills, make your next, next investment, start your next business, but you could receive wisdom from the greatest financial minds on the planet. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, if they could just hang out with you, wouldn't it be cool that when, when you and your spouse get into it, that you, you literally sitting in your den, you could have the greatest group of therapists that can work on your marriage and could look at you and say, sir, have you not figured out yet? You're wrong. I just want to see if y'all were with me. Mm -hmm. All the ladies were with me and all the men were like, you lost me. This is what it's like to have the wonderful counselor with you, Hmm. that in every aspect of life, he is ready to offer and dispense to you heaven-sent wisdom because he is a wonderful counselor. He goes before us and makes a way. He makes our crooked path straight. He gives us rest and peace when we rightly prioritize him in our life. Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody, you and I talk about this a lot, we, we see somebody and, and it's almost like you can, you can feel the peace in their life kind of ooze off of them. You know, they're not, they're not frazzled all the time. They're not running, you know, you know, yeah. herky-jerky everywhere. I mean, they're just like, they feel like they just stay on the right path. You know what I've discovered? that it, That's not a temperament. That is somebody who's discovered a peace in walking with yeah. Christ, the wonderful counselor. Mm-hmm. Because that wonderful counselor activates our faith at every stage of our life. And when we walk by faith with him, that counsel is all for us.
1: When you think about what Jesus modeled for us on this earth, he told us several things. One of those, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. Right. So it's that about priority. What do I do about that? What, what, what's my goal today? Well, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He also said that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, and then to love our neighbors as ourselves. Right. And so the wonderful counselor models all these things. The wonderful counselor invites us into living these out. But if you have your Bibles, look at the next phrase that describes them. It says, he's a wonderful counselor than these two little words, mighty, what? Mighty God. Mighty God. Yeah. What's interesting is this name that we come across is so interesting because it's a name that isn't used in the Old Testament to speak of other humans, Right. right? It doesn't describe Moses. It doesn't describe... Pharaoh. It doesn't describe all these other people. In the Hebrew, there's two letters to this name. It's L-E-L, right? There's two letters, E-L, and it only speaks of Jehovah God. And so what he's saying is the one that's going to come. So as he's writing this and he's describing Jesus coming, he intentionally uses a name that other Hebrews, other Jews would have known. That's the name of God. He's saying Jesus is God himself. That's with what it With great means.
0: specificity. There's no room, yeah. there's no wiggle room for interpretation there. This E-L is stamping with an approval that Jesus is not just the son of the living God, but is God Incarnate.
1: Yeah. And so if you're a note taker, here's the slide that goes to that to remind us this one to come will be none other than God himself, Emmanuel, right. God with us. So sometimes in our day and age, people will say, well, we're just another version of your religion. We're, we're all in the same camp. We, we just believe something different about Jesus. Well, if, if there's somebody that says that they don't believe that Jesus is God himself, then that's one of those places that that's not the same as us. That, that not is not close. That, that Jesus is right. God. He's the one that came among us, to dwelt among us, to be among us, to live among us. In fact, in John chapter 1, where it says, And the word became flesh. That word flesh is a Greek word called skene, which is the word we get our, our our English word skin from. So literally, like if you were to literally translate it, it means that God put skin on. Right. He dwelt among us. Sort of like when my friends over here like to go camping. I don't know why anybody likes to go camping, but my, I've got a lot of friends that like to go camping and you pop a tent, right? That's literally what Jesus did. He put on skin. He, yeah. put, he, he tabernacled or tented among us.
0: Yeah, and so when I think about mighty, God, I always think about this sense. Just like I would want to have a counselor with me all the time, I would want a protector with me at all times. you ever been somewhere where you thought, I'm in danger? You ever been there? I mean, I've done that a time or two in my life, and you know, I, I wanted a protector with me. And what I've discovered is a mighty God comes with not only the assumption, but the fact that Jesus wants to protect you and guard you, and predominantly wants to protect and guard your heart. Because remember, everything that matters is a matter of the heart. And what Jesus is saying through being our mighty God is, one, I am more powerful than anything you'll face because I've already faced it and won. And I am all man, but yet all God, all man, so that I could experience everything that you have, so that I'm not some impersonable force. But I am a mighty God who has experienced everything you will ever experience, including the worst. And in that, I overcame that and then came back to say, and I've overcome that so that you can as well. So not only do I get the, the wisdom of a mighty, of, of a wonderful counselor, I get the power of a mighty God. Jesus came so that we could serve a mighty God and we could serve in the name and the power of a mighty God. Because Jesus came to serve, we are here to serve. This is why we provide Christmas for all these children. This is why we provide Christmas in the Yucatan. This is why we need to go help folks in Kentucky. This is why we serve through care for AIDS in in, in Kenya. This is why we sent 6,000 pairs of shoes. To West Africa. It's why we packed a half a million meals this year. I mean, this is why backpacks get packed every week because I want us to be a church that is chasing after a mighty God. But have you ever noticed something? I talked about this with our senior adult luncheon the other day, and it's really a powerful picture that at no time did Jesus and his disciples run anywhere, they walked together. There's a difference in being powerful and being in a hurry. Hmm. There's a difference between constant busyness and having the power to overcome what is ahead of you. Because to run faster than the next guy isn't being able to show that you have power. It's simply showing you weigh less and you're faster. (laughs) But Jesus came to serve. And one of the reasons that we are so passionate about this here is what Bobby was talking about in John 1, 1, that God with us came to give us God's counsel. God with us came to give us the power of a mighty God.
1: Hmm. One of the names that comes right after this that is so powerful is it says that he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And look at this phrase, Everlasting Father. So good. So as he's talking about a baby being born, he calls him an everlasting father. And so obviously the word father is broader than you and I might think initially. Right. That uh, we know God is our heavenly father. So one of the things that we see in scripture that gets clearer and clearer as the pages turn is that God is one person, but has three expressions of that. That there's one God in three persons, one God uh, that, uh, that we see through God, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. So we have that, that picture of God, that he's our eternal Father, but one of the things that comes from this is this idea that the reason why we're able to have eternal life today, the reason why you and I can have our sins forgiven, that we can spend forever and eternity in heaven with God Himself is because this Jesus was born. Right. That he is the eternal father that brings eternal life that he's the one that was as part of creation he's the one that is eternal he's the founder of eternal life and he's the one that's able to give life to any person that would receive his free gift that would accept the gift that he brings but here's also what i love about that i'm looking around i see dads in the room today there's three words i think of when i think about eternal father, I think he's somebody that protects us. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that provides for us. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody that also is a leader. Yeah. And yeah. so when you think about Jesus as our eternal father, he models each one of those and he's the door through which we enter eternal life. He's our Prince of Peace. He's our eternal father.
0: Yeah. And so I, I love the slide they put up a minute ago that not only is not only is Jesus eternal father, but founder of eternal life. Apart from Jesus, there is no eternal That's life. Right. I mean, seriously, the scriptures teach us that because of our sin, we're separated from God. To be separated from God literally means this this simplicity. God is perfect, we are not. Because of his perfection and our, our inability to be perfect, then there's this separation. Jesus came to bridge the separation so that we could be right in the eyes of God and we could experience everything that involves being a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, and because of Jesus, our everlasting Father. He is our everlasting Father because eternity is ours for the asking. In every other faith, it's about what you do for God and how you do the right thing, and then God rewards you. In the faith where Jesus is enough, Christianity, then it is really this simple. God has already done through his son, Jesus, everything necessary for you to have eternal life. Because Jesus willingly died and shed his blood on Calvary's cross, was buried rose from the dead three days later, some 40 days later after four or 500 people witnessed him, went to sit beside God the Father in heaven and is praying for you right now. And you say, well, what is Jesus praying for me? He's praying that you might have heaven sent wisdom, that you might recognize that you are hopeless and powerless without him and that eternity and in heaven is yours for the asking because he is our everlasting Father, well, how, how do I get this heaven? Well, it's this simple, Jesus. You remember how simple it was to pray and ask for wisdom? Yeah. It is equally simple to ask for heaven. It's this simple, Jesus, I know I'm not perfect. Please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my life, be my savior. Clean me up, make me new. Thank you, you died for me, you were buried for me, and you rose from the dead for me. And because of that, you can give me forgiveness of all my sin, past, present, and future, And in that, I'm asking you to be my savior. You know what the Bible says? That he will hear you, he will answer you, Hmm. and you will experience the everlasting father. So think about this. I I, I do a fair amount of funerals. And one of the things that's a blessed thing is when you can sit with a family and you can talk about their loved one and know that you know that you know that you know that when they cease their breath immediately here, instantaneously, in less than a nanosecond, they step their feet onto streets of gold and breathe fresh, eternal life yeah. in heaven. Why? Because of an eternal father, an yeah. everlasting father, yeah. never ending, always been there, always will be there, and will always and forever offer you forgiveness. But the thing is, this mighty, mighty God, this wonderful counselor, this everlasting father, he's saying to you today and praying for you today that today is the day you say, I want that counsel, I want that power, and I want everlasting life. And it's yours for the asking, which leads us to what I think is the greatest name of Jesus yeah. of all, yeah. the Prince of Peace. Yeah. I I love it, how it finishes up, and and it's almost, those three words feel like they're they're like an understatement. But you know, there is no greater commodity on the planet than peace. None of us build healthy relationships if we're not at peace. Hmm. None of us make wise decisions when our souls are not at peace. None of us rest and sleep well when we're not at peace. None of our marriages are healthy. None of us are healthy parents. None of us are healthy kids. None of us are are healthy family members or siblings. None of us are healthy bosses or employees apart from this one thing. We need peace. Hmm. Well, you know where you find it? The same place that you find a wonderful counsel, a mighty God, an everlasting Father. You find it in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You find peace with God, peace with others, and peace with ourselves. Why? Because he is the Prince of Peace. In, in Micah 5.5 5 and Zechariah 9.10, we find in prophecy that this child will be our peace. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Hundreds of years before the angel came and spoke peace to those shepherds. The scripture said that he would be our peace. And that he would speak peace unto the nations. And that this would be fulfilled in Jesus and Jesus alone. Paul in the New Testament wrote to the church in Ephesus and and he wrote about how that peace could only be preached in Jesus the Christ. Peace with God because sin is done away with. Peace with men because Christ brings all different people groups together in him. And peace in this world because we know that he is control. Jesus is in control and he is still the prince of peace.
1: Yeah. So when you think about today, one practical application is to live with this passage this week. Right. To ask, what have we learned about him today? What have we seen about Jesus? Because one of the things Pastor Chuck said in week one of the series about the names of God is that the name that you call somebody also indicates the level of relationship that you have with them. So some people may call you pastor. Mm -hmm. Some people may call you Reverend Chuck Allen. Some people might call you Chuck, but the people closest to him call him, a-chuck as a nickname, or dad, yeah. or grandpop, yeah. right? And so the names that we know people by show the level of intimacy. And so today, I would encourage you to take these names that we've been looking at and to live with them this each day this week to say, what does it mean for him to be the wonderful counselor, right? The one that tells us about God, the one that tells about ourselves, how to live, how to walk in the ways of God. What does it mean for him to be mighty God, That he's God in the flesh, that he's God himself on this earth, everlasting father, the one that can offer eternal life, that gives this free gift that's ours for the accepting, for him to be known as the prince of peace, the one that brings peace with God, men and inner peace that, that he died for us while we're still sinners. Right that he died for us even while we're still sinners. Christ died on the cross for our sins. Mm. And so here's the big idea is that we might have his wonderful counsel in our life, that we might have his mighty ways in our life, that we might experience and live out his everlasting love and true never ending peace.
0: Which isn't that what we all are in desperate need of? Yeah. When you think of what this world is desperate need of, this is what the world's in desperate need of. Yeah. This is what our families are in desperate need of, our schools. This is what's needed in our our capitals. This is what's needed in in our courtrooms Mm. is to have God's wonderful counsel, his mighty ways, his everlasting love, and his never-ending peace. That is why we believe that we're a Jesus is enough kind of church. Because when you have his wonderful counsel and his mighty power, when you have... Everything he offers, including everlasting love and inner peace. You've got everything you could ever need to succeed wildly in this life. To have a faith that is activated by Jesus to the degree that we serve one another and live in his peace. After all, he is our wonderful counselor our Mighty God, our Everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. Hmm. Today, why not choose Jesus? Why not just choose Jesus? Maybe today you've chosen Jesus and you say, well, Chuck, what do I do now? Well, according to the Bible, the next thing we do is follow Jesus in believers' baptism. Baptism literally means to come up out of the water. I mean, you can't come up out of the water until after you've been in the water. Why not settle that between now and the end of this year or choose even Christmas Eve? Choose Jesus today. How do I do that? Jesus, I'm choosing you. Mm. What do I do about baptism? Contact one of us or the church, just anybody that answers all you got, or see a, a greeter or an usher. Find somebody else, I just say, hey, do you know how I get baptized around here? I promise you, we see it almost every week. Somebody will tell you. And then third, choose to listen to the weekday podcast this week. Every day, Bobby or I, Offer up a brief piece of scripture, a short commentary. It takes you five minutes every day and let that scripture get inside of you. Yeah. Fourth, plan to be a part of everything that's going on around a Jesus is enough kind of church at Christmas. Yeah. Let Make sure the scripture saturates your soul in the Christmas season, that everything that happens in the world doesn't rob you of that peace. Mm. And choose to be a part of loving and serving this community. Yeah. Friend, listen, I believe with all my heart that the world desperately needs Jesus. And one of the ways that Jesus planned for the world to hear about himself was through Jesus is enough kind of churches. Let us never stop telling the world of a wonderful counselor and a mighty God and an everlasting father and the prince of all peace, Jesus, the son of the living God. Father, we thank you and praise you And Lord, as the band comes and we worship and celebrate you even more, God, give us this ability to openly, every day, start our day with God. We're grateful for you. God, would you give us wisdom? God, be my counselor. Be my power. Lord, settle where I'm at in Christ with you, Lord. And would you give us peace? Peace to love you first and most to love those that you've placed around us and to love a world that's in desperate need of knowing and feeling and experiencing the demonstration of your love through your church. Mm. God, let us be that place. In the matchless and the mighty name of Jesus, we pray all these things. Amen, 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 and amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, church. Come on, sing like you mean it. Is it okay if we get a little uh, hype on this last song, Chuck? Yeah, man, is it all right if we just kind of go for it on this last song? Listen, I I would just say this. This is one of the songs that starts a little slow. But if you can't get cranked up in this song, you can't get cranked up. All right. All right. So I would just say, let's sing to a level that while the Methodists are leaving church right now, thinking to themselves, well, that's okay. Let's sing to let them know that this is more than okay. That's right. what I mean. Let's just go ahead and go so for it. That's a good standard. Let's do this. Y'all ready? Turn the house up a little bit. Let's see what y'all are doing. Oh yeah. Come on, you know you wanna sway a little bit. Come on, Bobby, you gonna sway a little bit? No. Come on. Such an easy thing for me. Your hand is moving Woo! right now. Come on. You're still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus.
1: Your voice is calling, calling me.